0: always good to come to new life. Always. Always a treat to be with our friends, your leaders, pastors. It's a joy. It's edifying. All of my friends and acquaintances, I observe their life to find out things that I want to add to mine or things I need to delete <clears throat> and your pastor has provided me with some excellent, excellent practices in loving people and being patient with people and giving. Never seen anyone that suborns their personal desires to to others like Pastor Dwayne Lowe. Amen is a form of agreement. <clears throat> Silence could mean that you disagree. <clears throat> Still no amens, Pastor. We've got to work on that. <clears throat> so, um, I, I, I want to I share with you today the underlying fundamental is listening and acting. Listening and acting. I remember many, many times in my life when my mother with uh, the rod of correction in her right hand, kind of giving herself a little pre-spank before she gave me the main spank. Anybody ever experienced that? And the, the mantra that she said and repeated was, Jonathan Craig Ashcraft, did you hear what I said to you? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Of course, at that time, you're ready to be an astronaut, anything. Just, did you hear what I said to you? And I think that the Lord would love for us to move up in listening not just organic listening biological listening but spiritual and intuitive listening that, that says what are you really saying to me and what would you how would you have me to act once i have heard so the story that we will draw from this morning is is found in in Luke's gospel, and I still use the King James often because Paul and Peter really liked it, and so I try to stay with that. That is common and productive. And in this in this passage, I extracted, by the help of the Lord, some some things that will help us all, and they are. There is a list of things. In fact, there are four simple things to do. I said simple, but all of them have their difficulty in doing them. But they have their rewards in obeying them. And it's basically about how we see things. It's how we see things. Um, I went to hunting, quail hunting, with my father-in-law, who was an avid hunter, shot, and uh, he had write-ups in the Houston Chronicles about his ability to shoot. And so I was—he was taller than me and long-legged—and I was just huffing and puffing to keep up with him. And we each had our our shotguns and. <clears throat> The dog would flush a covey and boom. And I said, yeah, I got one, I got one. And he said, what'd you get? I said, a quail. He said, well, I shot a male. Do what? How did you, how did you, a male? I mean, how did you see in that fast moment? How did did that happen? So I saw a quail, he saw a male quail was trained for that it is very important that you and i learn to the training of the holy spirit and of the word of god it is very important i, I remember uh, a pastor in colorado i, I was there and uh, they have a i don't know four thousand square foot house and he said we need to go away he said would you like to just uh, keep our house for us and enjoy the views and i said well let me pray about it yes and so, um, I mean, there was a Starbucks just down the road, and I rode, and I could, I could sit outside the Starbucks and look at the top of Pikes Peak and the snow-covered, you know, majestic views and all of this. And so uh, I was, uh, I was in there in their house, and when I was going to my room once, I didn't have my glasses on, and I'm, i i I'm, I'm not, I can manage without them, sort of, uh, but um, I saw this this little dark gray object in the, in the hallway there. And I looked down, I thought, oh, that's a, that's a child's toy or something that they, they dropped and just left there in the way. And so I walked by, I skirted it, you know, I, did, I was going to come back, I'll pick it up later. And so next time I came by, I had my glasses on, I looked down, it was a dead mouse. So the lesson was, it is how you see it. I was staying at another pastor's house in in North Texas, and they were away, and uh, I was enjoying some solitude and so on and so forth. and I went in the kitchen, and there, by the refrigerator, was an object, and I said, "Oh, that's just some pine needles, just kind of mashed together, pine needles." And uh, and uh, so I I thought, well, let me get my stuff, and then I'll I'll. I'll pick it up and put it in the trash. And So again, I didn't have my glasses on. So part of the story is you need to have your glasses on, you know. You need to have spiritual glasses on. You need to have your lens tuned to what the Spirit is saying so that you can see properly. And, and so I got my glasses on. I went back in there, and I was going to pick up this pine straw that was crumpled together, and it was a scorpion. Thank God for glasses. Thank God for glasses. I I remember I had a nephew who was in a very serious automobile accident. We rushed to our local hospital, and Life Flight came in and took him away. And um, at that moment in time, the only people that uh, were able to go was me and his wife and his father, and we all went in our separate vehicles and we were racing to Houston, an hour and a half away, to where he was in the hospital. And uh, I was praying on the way, uh, praying in the Spirit and listening to the Lord. And I said, Lord, is this the end? Is this this death? And the Lord said, He will survive. He will survive. So that encouraged me because, in the literally the months to come while he was in a medically induced coma, uh, when we would go in to see him, uh, what I saw was not good. What I saw was apparently death. What I saw was uh, extreme difficulty. And the doctors would not say good things. And his family would say, oh dear, they would come out. They were just wringing their hands and and saying that. But the Word of God had given me a different view. And so when I would go in there, I I would just tell the family, he's going to be okay. Well, how do you know that? Well, This world does not understand when you receive something that is true and certain and firm. They don't understand that. But you just hang on, and we'll see this. Let me give you. Let me. Let's look at this passage of scripture here, beginning in verse 49. While he Jesus yet spake, there comes cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. So the number one thing that we have to do when we renew ourselves to seeing things, seeing miracles, is we have to reject the facts. Wow. Are you you sure about that? I don't know about you, but I was raised by a father who embraced the facts. He had the Holy Spirit, and we were all faithful to church, but Dad embraced the facts, uh, you don't have to be a dummy. Just see the facts. Just see the statistics. I have a pastor who who lives by the st- uh, pastor friend who lives by the statistics. He just does. And as no no matter what I say to him, out of the word now out of the other corner of his mouth, he lives by the word of the Lord. But when the rubber meets the road, he's living by statistics. this mic on? Reject the facts. Reject the facts. What what do you mean, reject the facts? The the facts that came to Jesus was the daughter that you're coming to minister to is dead. She has stopped breathing. She has ceased in this life. She is gone. And Jesus Jesus just... uh, He didn't receive that. He said in verse 50, when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not, believe only and she shall be made whole. Wait, you're talking like sickness. We have just told you that she is dead. Folks, you have to listen to what I am saying, not today because it's not me that's saying it, but the Holy Spirit is trying to convey some fundamental truths that will lift you Out and carry you through bleak circumstances. There is still a force in this world that works miracles. There is still a power in this world that will change unbelievable circumstances. There is still a God that is alive, that is well, that when we follow what he said for us to do, We will receive what he said we would receive. Two days ago, I needed a little something done. I needed a a cover put on my new uh, phone. And while I was there, I saw this neat little device where you can just lay your phone in it and it would charge, wireless charging. I thought, that's cool, Uh, because I'm a plug man, you know, wire man. I carry wires everywhere with me and plug it up when we get to the place. And, uh, so I thought, Hey, that would be great. So, uh, I got it. The first one I got was just a a flat device. You lay your, you lay your goodies on that. And it, you know, starts, it starts uh, charging. So I got it and I plugged it in and laid it on there. And I didn't see any, I didn't hear any sound You know, it needs a little or something to let you know, Hey, we got action here. And, uh, after quite a while, I decided, you know, maybe I need to read the directions. Yeah. That can help. So I got the little page of directions and expanded it out there, and I found out that the, the your device had to lay on this little pad a certain way. And so when I twisted it around the certain way, I got some charging going on. How appropriate for our lives. When we see what we think in God's Word or we hear something someone said that's spiritual and we apply it and nothing's happening. I don't get a charge out of that. And then we begin to seek God. We begin to come back and we more uh, diligently look into the pages of God's Word to find out what's this deal here. And listen, Christendom at large is full of explanations as to why we don't get what he said we would have. Perhaps I need to repeat that. The Christian church at large in the world has developed these elaborate, high-sounding theological explanations as to why you and me don't get what he said is mine. And they're lies. It's a big, fat lie, big, fat bunch of lies. So, what do I need to do? <clears throat> the other day, Pastor came to see me and spent some time with me, which was a great comfort to me since my wife has gone to heaven. And uh, I had just a day or so before, a couple of days, three days before he got there, I had. Bought a turkey. I'd never cooked a turkey. Man, the turkey was like 75 cents a pound. Hey, this is better than beef, you know. Hey, we'll just do this. So I got the little guy, and well, he was a 14-pounder, and put him in the fridge and let him start defrosting, you know, and and thawing out and everything. And so, man, I didn't know. You know, I just, you know, stick it in the oven and cook it. That's all there is to it. But pastor has this elaborate procedure and process. Glory to God. and and i was doing it but really he was doing it and we had this little thing and oh you had to get the recipe from him and so we had to wait a little long we had to wait an extra day for that thing cuz i mean i didn't know yeah i know it's still a little hard than harder than it should be probably won't cook as well that way and then when we pull the you know you know what's out of the inside it was still full of ice and and but but with his expertise, me asking questions. What should we do now? How should how hot should we have the oven? You know what kind of pan do you need, and so on. And so uh, we brought that out. And through his expertise, adding to my nothingness. <clears throat> in what four hours, we had turkey. Two turkeys had turkey. Amen. <clears throat> It and was, it, was, it was great. It was great. And so you and I, uh, I, I, uh, I, just, just, I was in California a few days ago and I visited with this pastor uh, friend and we were talking about uh, getting God to move, okay? We also know that is, is getting the promise to be enacted in our life. What do I need to do to get the promise enacted in my life? You know, if your tooth falls out and you put it under the pillow, that was the process for the tooth fairy to come and give you money for the tooth. But if you didn't put it under there, the tooth fairy can't give you any money, right? So we have to do what God said, and and often we will miss a minute instruction, and we have to ask, we have to seek, we have to knock, we have to be open We have to listen and we have to be ready to act on what he said. So, this pastor said his wife nudges him. He knew that when they went to bed that his daughter was very sick with a high fever, and he believes in God. He's had miracles, he had signs and wonders in his ministry. But because you are spiritually advanced does not mean that you may miss an instruction that God has for you at a particular time. Are we okay? So he said his wife nudged him in the middle of the night, said, little darling, is, she's really sick right now. Okay, darling, okay. And he turned over and went back to sleep. He felt that his wife was taking care of her. He was, She was ministering her and mopping her fevered brow, you know, and giving her appropriate meds and all this stuff. And so anyway, finally she nudged him again. And he said, oh, my Lord, what in the world? What in the world? And trying to get his rest, very tired. And so she said, you have got to pray. You're the daddy, you're the pastor, you're the man of God. we got to have some help here. So he said, I got up. And he said, I stumbled over to the bed where the child was. And he said, mind you, I'm in my boxers and T-shirt. And he says, Lord, I've prayed. I've anointed this child with oil. What do I need to do to make this happen? And he said, clear as a bell, the Holy Spirit said to him, Dance. Uh, you're kidding me, right? Boxers, t shirt, middle of the night, dance. So he said, I started. And the, the Holy Spirit came again and said, I said, dance. So he said, it ain't nobody but me and my family. And he said, I hauled off boys. I was pulling them up, putting them down, just getting with it, just getting with it, worshiping God and dancing before the Lord in the middle of the night in front of his sick daughter's bed. He said, I stopped. The fever broke. The child was well. So I have to reject the facts, and then number two, uh, uh, I have to repeat the truth. I have to repeat the truth. I have to be willing to say what God is saying over a situation and in a particular event. I have to be willing to say that out loud. You are going to catch it when you reject the facts. You are going to catch it when you repeat the truth according to the Scriptures and according to what the Holy Spirit is saying. My wife's family looked at me awfully funny when I said, in the face of apparent death, your son is going to be all right. Well, we know Craig's Pentecostal. He's off anyway. So, you know, what, I mean, what business does he have? You know, who is he? He's just a Pentecostal preacher. But I kept saying it, and I kept saying it, and the levels increased of life increased. They increased. He was taken off the ventilator. He was taken off of different life support devices. And today, He is alive and sort of well, not because of what I did, but he just doesn't practice good health or healthy practices. So, believe me, every one of these is going to be difficult in its own respect, but it is going to give you a reward. Anybody interested in rewards? Especially the kind of rewards that the Lord gives. I remember... um, uh, I was sowing some pretty healthy amounts of of monetary seed. I was giving it. Giving it. Giving it. I started rummaging around, and asking the Lord, Lord, when, you know, when do I start getting the rewards? When do when, do the, when does of heaven open over me and pour me out a blessing that I don't have room enough to receive. Last I checked, I got room in my checking account. You know, at least I'd like it to come up to FDIC insurance levels. What is it now? A couple hundred thousand, maybe, or something like that? That'd be pretty sweet, wouldn't it? Got 200 grand in my checking account. That's cool. Isn't it cool? And so nothing was happening fast, and I needed it to happen fast. And so I went to the Lord in prayer. He said, you know, um, sure, stop spending money. Well, Lord, you know I have things that I enjoy and like to do. Stop it. What he was saying was not, you know, don't buy. He wasn't saying do not buy groceries, but he was saying don't be frivolous with this. Bring, Be disciplined. Become my disciple in your finances. And I began to sell off toys and things like that, four-wheelers and stuff I didn't need. Shouldn't have bought in the first place. And you know what? When I did that, man... It started happening and any time to this day that I don't hear the ka-ching, I just go back to what he said watch your spending what are you spending your money on and for because it if you're being disobedient it doesn't matter if you are partially obeying partial Disobedience is disobedience. I mean, it's it this. There is no such thing as partial obedience. It is there's just no such thing. So I have to embrace everything that He has said to me. Now you you all, we, what we always do is we always look around with well, the Lord. You're letting them get by. Hey, you leave them alone, okay? You just leave them alone, right? <clears throat> the Lord had to deal with His disciples like that, and. One of them pointed his finger and said, hey, what about him? He said, you leave him to me, okay? All of us must answer for the instruction he gives to us individually. So I reject the facts. I repeat the truth that God has said. And number three, verse 54, he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, made arise. Number three is remove the doubters, Well, obviously, I can't throw my family out of the house. Y'all leave. Y'all doubting. Well, we live here too. Better said, it is distance yourself from doubt. Distance yourself from the input of doubt. It's very easy for us, and we don't even recognize it, and that's why I'm here today to tell you that there are influences that we do not recognize as voices of doubt and lies. Secular music is full of lies. I'm lying here with Linda on my mind. And next to me, my soon-to-be, the one I left behind. And, Lord, it's killing me to make her cry. I felt a stiffening in the breeze in here. I just, I don't know. I don't know what caused that, but. Pardon me, there's a tiger in them tight-fitting jeans. And that is going against the Holy Spirit. Oh, I don't matter. You just keep listening to it and see. You get in a little jam, see what pops up inside of you. It won't be Jesus. It'll be the girl with the tight-fitting jeans. Come on. And you'll start thinking about your beloved spouse in the wrong way. Hmm? Remove the doubt. Examine every song you listen to. If it's about love all the way through, hey, bring it on. If it's about leaving, leave it out. Turn it off. Remove the doubt and the doubters when possible. Begin to listen only to the voice of the Holy Spirit, which comes to us first through the written Word of God. You need to get full of the written Word of God so that you can recognize and discern and know the difference between evil spirit, your spirit, Holy Spirit. Okay? And I will tell you, it, it is not always easy because a lot of my buds, you know, they're doubting Thomas's. And I, I've liked to hang with them but I have to make a conscious decision. Are they going to be willing to come my way or do I need to distance myself a little bit in order to walk according to what Jesus is saying here so that I can receive my miracle, so that a resurrection can happen in my life? How many want a resurrection? I want a resurrection. All new in 22 is my motto. All new in 22 is my motto. I want everything to change. I want relationships that are God-centered, God-empowered. I've already purposed. I'm not going back to places that I've been going for years that do not hear, that will not hear, that will not apply what is said from the Word of God. Is it because of what you said? Well, sort of, yeah, but I'm saying God's Word. And they have not been listening. So I have to distance myself from that and begin to ask God, where do you want me to go? Where are the hungry people? Where are the people that are ready to hear? There are millions in this world that are ready to hear. So I have to remove myself from all forms of doubt. And that's a radical change for most of us. I said it's a radical change for most of us. Most of our families are soaked and saturated with logic and reasoning and, and natural trust in catastrophes. And, and I'm talking, I, I don't know how old I was, but, you know, I was raised with this deal. Oh, son, put them shoes on. It's cold outside. You liable to catch pneumonia? Oh, son, and you got wet to my God. Oh, Lord, honey, let's call, let's call the doctor, see what we need to do so we don't catch a sore throat, so we don't get emphysema or whatever. I was raised on that stuff. We trusted what grandma, grandpa said. We trusted it. We embraced it. It was Bible to us. Now, we come to church, and maybe somebody to receive a miracle somehow by accident, either by the anointing of the preacher or somebody, you know, and, you know, one out of 10 or one out of 20 and all this stuff. And I got to thinking, you know, my dog, he don't have no shoes on. He's wet like me. And I ain't never seen him get the croup. I've never seen him get a cold and sneeze. And I'm a natural animal, so to speak, you know what I mean? Just try me on, you know what I mean? I, I, I really am. And so I threw that bunk out when I was about ten. I had to let mama not see me with my shoes off, you know, and all that stuff. Oh, they say, Oh, Lord, that east winds are blowing, you're liable to come down with most anything. East wind, west wind, north wind, south wind. Nobody got sick when the south wind was blowing. Nobody got, well, north wind blowing, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. There's colds and viruses and pneumonia all up in that stuff. But when that east wind blows, blow, blow, Seminole wind, whatever that meant, You come in this house, Craig Ashcraft, right now, that east winds are blowing and you liable to come down with something we can't afford to miss no school. We hear of, of a report of the mumps. Oh God. That stuff is going through the neighborhood. We hear about the flu coming. Oh we got to be so careful if, if well, I mean we just go ahead and, and worship the thing and say, if anybody gonna get it, we're gonna get it first. If any kids are going to have crooked teeth, it'll be mine. That's what my daddy said. Daddy said, if I had 10 kids, every one of them would be hard to fit their shoes. And sure enough, I had a string foot. My brother had one about that wide. You get what you say, folks. We have to repeat the truth according to the Holy Scriptures repeat what God is saying. Repeat what God is saying. Say it loudly. Say it strongly. Say it consistently. Say it with praise. Say it with force. Because we've got to change this junk that's all around us. There is going, you need to say it, there is going to be a spiritual change in my life now. I'm not waiting to march. Or July the 4th it is happening now now is the time father that I invite you into my house I cannot live without a resurrection well I'm gonna wait on my husband you can't wait he may never wake up come on there's wives all over the place trying to push their husband in the spiritual transformation it ain't gonna happen baby just give it up turn him over to God Come on, be sweet. Turn him over to God. Don't bother him. Don't preach to him. Leave him alone and let God have it. God can engineer some stuff in his life, and he'll say, "Well, you're not preaching at me no more." I said, "No, I turn you over to a higher power." Amen. And finally, release your faith. Jesus, when he had put the doubters out, he called, saying made arise. There comes a moment in time when action becomes the culmination of rejecting the facts, repeating the truth, removing the doubters, I have to release my faith. And faith is evidenced by my action. Faith without action Our works is dead. That's what the good book says. And usually all of us are already, we've already released our faith in what we have been believing. Where your affections are is where you follow. You're releasing your faith. You're releasing your inner confidence in that thing. Jesus said to the maid, "Arise." He was believing that the moment he said it over her still body, that there was going to be an interaction. His interactions were, all, were not always instant and neither will yours be. I said, his were not always instant and neither will yours be. You and I have to be willing to stand by. Stand by with our faith. Stand by with our confidence. I'm not going to turn this loose until I receive what he promised. That is where my faith muscles are grown. When my faith muscles grow to the place that I receive what I'm believing for, then I am enabled to believe for a higher level of reward. First, we may start with our finances and give a small amount and believe for a greater blessing. I, um, I just received a, a blessing the other day, pretty serious blessing from an um, insurance thing that had been left by my wife's passing. And I have some needs. I have five things that all begin with M that I'm believing for, that I'm believing for guidance in, that I'm believing for God to get into and bring me heaven's reward. Okay? And if you have any things for 22, 22 that you need to happen, One person, praise the Lord. God, let's talk after church, okay? Two people, amen. I'll visit with you at the altar call, amen. And so when I got that, I thought, wow, this will look good in my bank account. (whistles) Bring it back up to FDIC insurance levels, you know what I'm saying? But I already purposed that for each of those M's, I'm going to sow a certain amount of money. Pretty serious money for most, most folks. But I'm going to sow it into the work of God. I'm going to sow that seed into the work of God. I said I'm going to sow that seed into the work of God. And then what am I going to do until I see the harvest? I'm working on some of the harvest already. I'm working on it. I'm waiting on it. I'm anticipating it. I'm, I'm seeing it. I dreamed about it in the night last night. And I woke up and I said, yes. That's like, amen. Come on. And I saw it. It was brilliant. It was clear. He does that for us to not just to, us to have a little spiritual comic book with color pictures. He does that to sustain us in the dips. Come on. And the yips. Hmm? And I'm going to sow that seed, and you know what I'm going to do until it manifests? I'm going to worship him, and I'm going to praise him, and I'm going to say, Father, I've rejected the facts that tell me certain things about me I'm going to reject those facts about things that I hear and see about society and the way things are going to go I am going to repeat your truth Lord to you he said concerning the works of my hands command ye me he said that and so I'm going to repeat the truth to you I'm going to, I'm going to say it to others I am I am going to remove every source of doubt that I'm conscious of and that he warns me of. And then I am going to act in faith. And you know what? Because I believe in the truth, I am going to say this publicly. I am going to receive all five of those things because every one of them is according to his will. Y'all like that? I'm Craig Ashcroft, and I approve of this message. Let's stand together, please.